Hi, I'm David Freudberg. This podcast derives from the Humankind Public Radio series, which I began hosting back in 1997. Our program recognizes how hard it can be, but also how necessary, for us to hold on to our humanity. So we've sought out people with stories that illustrate how they approach that quest. To aim high, to treat others as we'd like to be treated, to see others as more similar to us than different, to strive for patience and personal grace even in adversity, to be part of the solution, not the problem. We hope our podcast helps to reinforce and inspire your own quest. Thank you. Humankind is produced in association with WGBH Boston and supported by the Humankind Program Fund. Additional funding for this series has been provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the National Institutes of Health, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, and the Park Foundation. When I first came here, I had a homeroom, and, and one of the students threw a milk carton at me the first day. And my sense was that I could not control the classroom. That was my feelings when I first came here. Um, I, I felt that I was going through adjustment problems. Stressed out educators and students learn to practice relaxation techniques in public schools. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Dense population, tight budgets, and societal pressure on schools can make educational institutions a stressful environment that wears down teachers and students alike, potentially disrupting the learning process. In response, some schools have introduced formal training in relaxation techniques to teach the art of sitting still and focusing, frequently by use of a calming phrase or prayer of the person's choosing. Harvard Medical School's Mind-Body Medical Institute, directed by cardiologist and best-selling author Herbert Benson, MD, has helped develop these programs in various schools throughout the United States. At Newton South High School in suburban Boston, adolescent energies buzz in the cafeteria and bound through the hallway. In an atmosphere teeming with such vitality, Relaxation exercises might seem an unlikely fit. And yet Project Turnaround, a program serving students with academic problems, has found a receptive audience among teenagers who enjoy a chance to calm down. In one technique, a dozen kids arranged in a circle will lie on a mat. They will be guided to quietly visualize an object, such as a candle. Project Director Chris O'Connor. Sometimes the kids will ask to do it before a math test and Nancy Bloom will lead them then, and they'll, they'll just go at the test in a whole different manner. You know, they'll be more engaged. It's just, it brings you down, it centers you. It helps them uh, focus and get rid of what we call the mind chatter. There are a number of teachers in this building that do use this, English teachers, for instance, that will do a relaxation response for, let's say, 20 minutes of the period 
then have a creative writing paper on top of that. I've done that myself, and some of the best creative writing I've seen has come after one of these experiences. Last class, we did a visualization, and we talked a little bit about the peaceful you, how, how good it felt to be completely relaxed and completely peaceful. This class period, we're gonna talk a little bit about the light that's inside of each one of us that keeps us warm, that keeps us relaxed, that keeps us free from stress, if we can find it, if we can concentrate on it a little bit. As you listen, just try and stay as relaxed as you can. You really have to get a comfort level for the kids to feel secure enough to relax and do what they're being asked to do. How, how did they react at first when you introduced this fairly strange idea to the curriculum? I think they thought I was wacky, you know, uh, that my brain was fried, as they would say. But then they listened, because we, um, we would do some academic parts to it. We would explain what stress is. We would have them figure out what their stress factors were and what got them going. Then, of course, we'd tell them stories about how this has been used by teachers in the building, and it has very successfully. Gwen Smith, the woman that just did the last uh, visualization, uses it to control her blood pressure, which is she has very high blood pressure, which is inherited rather than taking medication. So after a while, the kids see the need for it. And kids really, in this school, it's a very competitive high school, very academically orientated. I think the kids really do see the need for a way to manage stress, short of using drugs or alcohol. What happened uh, for you during the relaxation? Well, um, I guess I went into it fairly quickly. Um, it was more of just a, like a blank slate. I just pushed everything out. I mean, I could hear her voice, but I wasn't really paying any attention to it. I could hear the music, but I was pretty much ignoring it. I mean, the person next to me kicked me, but <laughs> ignored that too. Um, it wasn't really asleep, but it was just really relaxed and really focused on nothing. At first it felt, um, I was uncomfortable kind of. It's hard to relax, kind of, because I sneezed in the middle of relaxing, and my my toes started itching, and <laughs> and but I got there, and it felt like I was sleeping, but I don't think I was. What do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess I was really relaxed to feel enough like I was sleeping, but um, I could hear a voice. I'm on the hockey team, so before a hockey game, I normally uh. Well, at least recently, for the past couple I have, I've tried to do something around that. So what does that involve exactly? Um, well, it, I think it, it, it calms me down. It, it, I get to, uh, I, I visualize what I need to do. If I'm mad or stressed or whatever, it's just nice to like sit down and just forget about everything. And then when you wake up from it or whatever, then you're more capable to like think logically about what it was before and it's not so stressful? Uh, the last couple of years I've had uh, trouble sleeping but I find if I do do a, like a short relaxation exercise before I go to sleep I'll sleep much easier and I'll get to sleep earlier and faster. Were you surprised? Yeah, I was really surprised because uh, I don't know, nothing else had worked. We're trying to get them to translate that into doing it like before they get angry, before they have a blow up with the parents, before they start to blow up at me, just to take some deep diaphragmatic breaths 
and to relax and become centered. And do you observe that the kids are in a better position to control their impulses as a result of this relaxation training? Definitely. The only problem is it's, it's short-lived at times. Uh, I can't guarantee that a kid can do relaxation response and walk through the hallway and get into, not get into a confrontation with an authority figure or another teacher. Uh, but I think that it's helped. These kids are seeing a use for it. It's not only students who experience high stress in the school environment and who can benefit from relaxation practices as taught by the Mind-Body Medical Institute. Teachers in a rough urban setting, like Boston's Hyde Park High School, face an arduous challenge that can turn their job into a trial. When I first came here, I had a homeroom and, and one of the students threw a milk carton at me the first day and my sense was that I could not control the classroom. That was my feelings when I first came here. Um, I, I felt that I was going through adjustment problems um, to the point where I was nervous, my eyes were twitching, and I was, I was feeling hatred. I wasn't feeling comfortable or safe myself as a teacher. For me, tension headaches are there because I try not to lose my temper in school, and uh, also I feel for these kids, and I really don't want to take their stories home with me. I have kids in my class who have bullets in their body that haven't been removed in six or seven years. I have kids in my class whose brothers and sisters have been killed or murdered in the city. So there are a lot of emotional issues I think that I'm dealing with. Some of the stresses that I feel at, at the school are trying to get students to sit down and cooperate during lunchtime and they're not. There was a big drug issue in this area and there were gang wars. Just general noisiness, explosiveness, and um, sexual hormones flying around. Dr. Benson told me to tell you that he is a stress buster, okay? You have ghost busters, he's a stress buster, and that's his life, to try to get people to reduce the amount of stress that they have in their lives. So we're very, very fortunate to have him here with us. Dr. Herbert Benson, author of Relaxation and Response. Dr. Benson. A talk to the faculty of Hyde Park High School. I thought I'd start off by telling you what stress is. And um, driving over here, I always have trouble finding Hyde Park High School. Um, Margaret Ennis, who lives close by, decided that she would lead me through, um, you know, to get here. So I was following her, and she came on a major street to a light that had just turned yellow. Well, she went through it. By the time I came to it, it was red, and I said, oh, the hell with it. And I just drove through. Well, within moments, there were the blinking uh, strobe um, blue and white lights. And I thought to myself, oh, no. So clearly, I had to pull over. And I thought I would endear myself to the officer by getting out of the car. And he just shouted at me, get back in the car. So I did and uh, opened the window. And I said, well, look, 
I'm, I'm Dr. Benson. I'm on the way to Hyde Park High School to talk about stress, and the person I'm following went through a life. And uh, I was wrong. I'm sorry. And he said, okay, next time, don't do it again, very sternly. So that was the beginning of the day, and I thought it was a wonderful example of what stress is, because my heart rate, when those lights went going, was the fight or flight response. When we're under stress, our body puts forth adrenaline, epinephrine, noradrenaline, norepinephrine. These are internal hormones. So what happens? It spills over into symptoms. For example, physical symptoms. There are headaches, indigestion, stomach aches, sweaty palms, sleeping difficulties, dizziness, back pain, tight neck and shoulders, racing heart, restlessness, tiredness, ringing in the ears, all of these can be stress-related. The body possesses a inborn response that's opposite to the fight-or-flight response, and that we call the relaxation response. And instead of feelings of anxiety, there are feelings of, uh, of control, feelings of peace, feelings of being able to handle a situation. Would you like to just go through what it's like to experience the relaxation response? Could I have a show of hands? Terrific. And Margaret Ennis will take you through the kind of exercise that she routinely uses to elicit the relaxation response. What I invite you to do is to begin to focus your mind a little bit. And one way to do that is to, if you're comfortable, either let your eyes close or stare at the floor or the ceiling, because otherwise you'll be more, uh, you'll be paying attention to all the things that are going on outside. And we're going to begin by using our breath as our focus, because we have that with us all the time. And we're just going to notice the way we breathe. And that's going to be our repetitive focus, our breath. And I'm going to invite you to focus on that in a non-judging way. You know, am I breathing right? Am I breathing wrong? Drop those kinds of questions and just notice how you're breathing. And just notice what's going on in your breath and your body, how you naturally let go every time you breathe out. You let go naturally of the tension in your body. You let go of the stale breath, the stale air. Each exhalation is an opportunity to let go. And you can ride the wave of the breath and let that uh, tension go ever more deeply with each exhalation. You can let go a little bit more. So breathing out and letting go. Breathing out and letting go. Now you notice the tendency of your mind to keep focusing on other things. Your breath becomes the anchor that you focus on to draw your awareness back to this single repetition. 
Let yourself settle. Being with your breath. Letting your mind focus. Letting go. In your own time, when you're ready, you can gently open your eyes and continue to focus on your breath with your eyes open. You might take a moment to notice if you have let go of a little bit of the tension in your body, if your mind has gotten a little quieter. This is only one of many, many ways that you can release the stress and tension and elicit the relaxation response. Only one of the many things that you can use to focus on. Okay, thank you, Marilyn. Did, thank you. Thank, thank you, Margaret. How many of you feel less anxious than you did before? Could I have a show of hands now? Yeah, that's, for, that's about 50, about 60%. How many of you now feel a clarity of mind that you didn't have before? That you're thinking more, yeah, that's about the same number. Fair enough. Now, you see, now is the time you can do your teaching. You'll feel better. In other words, you'll feel better yourself. You'll communicate better. Hyde Park High is one of about a dozen schools throughout the United States where the Mind-Body Medical Institute has taught the relaxation response as a means of stress management for faculty. Not everyone warms up to the most common technique of setting aside time to sit quietly and to repeat a calming phrase, either spiritual or secular. But after practicing several months, the exercise has made a difference for teachers Valerie Bonds, Patricia Armstrong, and Evelyn Dengler. I try to elicit the relaxation response. I say I'm going to do it three times a day. I try very hard to do it twice a day. I used to do it in the morning, but I found it very difficult to leave in the morning. I'd start the response, then I'd find myself late for work or almost late for work. It was just so relaxing. I didn't want to come in. So I stopped doing it then. And what I did was I started doing it when I got here. And I try to get here at least uh, 45 minutes before school starts because I need time to welcome myself to the building that I can reach a point of relaxation so when the kids come in, um, whatever they come in with, whatever baggage they have, it's not too heavy for me to bear. What's the hardest part of trying to elicit the relaxation response for you? Making the time to do it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not difficult at all if you make the time. That's, that's the problem. It's just setting aside some time for yourself. So I go home in the afternoon and do it, and my, my mind and body get back together. 20 minutes will do it. And in your case, does that involve sitting quietly? Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting. And what difference does it make after you have uh, practiced this for 20 minutes on oh, an yeah. afternoon? Oh, you feel like you've had a... Well, I'm not, I don't take naps, but it feels like you've had a good nap. I mean, you just 
you're ready to go on and you have a renewed sense of energy. I like to keep myself in balance. For me, it's an eclectic approach. It's not just the meditation, it's exercise, it's diet, it's your attitude towards life, having a positive mm -hmm. attitude. May I ask, do you associate the relaxation response with a positive attitude? Yes, because one, you're at peace. While mm -hmm. you're doing the relaxation response, you, you, you bring yourself to a very peaceful, and for me, sometimes almost holy, um, feeling inside yourself that for me what projects is love and caring as opposed to negativity and um, harshness. I use whatever phrase that is needed for the day. Um, some days it's focus, some days it's relax, uh, some days it's the strength, courage, wisdom phrase. Um, least of all I may use peace because I think that that doesn't really say what I'm looking for. I'm looking for peace. I'm looking for help. So, <laughs> so those are the three. But usually it's either relax or focus. Most of us find it hard to focus one-pointedly. Just try to sit still, and the spinning mind might set out on a joyride of memories and worries plans, and fantasies. Hence the use of a calming technique, like the phrase or prayer repeated with each breath. But thoughts that stream through the mind are not easily subdued. Like any skill, one learns the relaxation response with practice. And it can take some getting used to, as was discovered by Louis Jaffe, a Boston-area chief executive who came to the mind-body clinic as a heart patient. Yeah, it was outside of my body of knowledge, outside of my experience. I'd never done anything like that. So at the beginning, it was um, hard twofold. Number one, the stereotype of look what type of people meditate. And number two, how do you turn off? There's so much I have to accomplish. There's so much left to be done. How am I going to take this uh, mental time out? So there's the fear that you would perhaps be wasting time? Yes, there was, there isn't now. Well, I, at one point during my medical training, I think it was the thing that allowed me to get through it. Physician Margaret Caudill is a specialist in chronic pain conditions at the Mind-Body Institute at Deaconess Hospital in Boston. Actually, during my medical training, I also owned and operated a restaurant which meant that I was a physician during the day and I was a waitress at night and would get home at one o'clock in the morning and get up at four. So that I was able to do that kind of lifestyle for many years because I think of my relaxation technique, my meditation technique. Um, and continuing through the years, I think it's been very valuable to allow me that in the midst of difficulty, I can quickly sort of refocus myself, regroup myself, center myself, and sort of look around and see what's going on uh, and realize I have choices. It just, it did not feel comfortable to me who I am, uh, somewhat of a type A personality, very driven. How am I going to sit down and not think about anything for half an hour when all I do all day long is think. It's almost like riding a bike. It's, it looks overwhelming at first, but then it's as easy as riding a bike. But it just takes time and to stay with it. Reverend Robert Windsor, an Episcopal priest in Boston. One of my teachers um, of spiritual practice once said that 
when one enters contemplation that there it's turning the fuzz down as it were to get focused and he called it the monkeys in the trees there's all this chatter going on and and how do you turn down the chatter how do you get the monkeys out of the trees and that's where I think there are techniques and I think that uh, his technique was you take a word and you use that as a focusing word and the word that I, I was taught was a word Abba which means father and you take ah in, in breath, out breath. And to just keep saying that word, and of course you're going to get the monkeys in the trees coming back, or you'll think about something. And just to go ahead and keep saying that word slowly with the breathing, and that will indeed be the key. That will move you into a, into a deeper place. What people have to recognize is that it's normal to have other thoughts. Dr. Herbert Benson. Even the monks I've studied in um, the Himalayan mountains have thoughts come in. It's not the thoughts themselves, it's your reaction to them. In other words, once you recognize that you can elicit the relaxation response by simply saying, oh well, to the other thoughts and coming back to your focus and not being disturbed by the other thoughts, then you're there. Early in the morning, I find is helpful for me to get up before everyone in my family's up and have some quiet time and um, sort of beat the rush, as it were. It's something that I look forward to. It's sort of like an appointment. That's the first thing. The second is I bring all the baggage of that day with me, of uh, what I'm going to do. So I'm still dealing, I'm in the orchard with the monkeys in the trees and sort of have to deal with it. But then move into the word. And I find that all of a sudden, I'm not in the orchard anymore, and then finally on a clear plane. Um, and then time is lost. There's not a sense of the time. And then coming out, I just feel my muscles uh, less tense. I feel uh, a kind of looking forward to the day uh, and uh, moving forward. I go home for lunch every day, and I actually take about 20 minutes every day at lunch to focus on my breath and go into a relaxation state, which I feel not only helps me to handle stress better and prevent stress symptoms, but it actually allows me to feel more energy for the rest of the day. If I don't do that, I tend to feel more run down by the end of the day. I don't think as clearly. I feel more fatigued. And by doing that on a regular basis, I have a lot more energy for the rest of the day. So I, I've been in that habit for years now. And I think it's a for me, it's a real key for enhancing performance. We all know before an examination, we tend to study better. Our performance and efficiency is increased in learning because of the stress of having a deadline. But if that stress continues and continues and continues, it'll be very difficult to learn. You will have lost that edge. And there, you will gain more control over the situation and learn better have better performance when you back off and elicit the relaxation response to allow the body and the mind to rest. That time in, in uh, the relaxation response or that time of contemplation, it, it's, it's difficult to describe. I don't think that words can, can uh, at least I can't, uh, sort of articulate it. And maybe that's part of the mystery of, of all of this, that it can't be described. One has to try it. One has to take that first step.
You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Studio recording by Jane Pippick at WGBH Boston, with additional recording by Steve Colby. Editorial assistance from Thomas Royal. Music from the album Soul Dance by Gordon Burnham and Jim Richards. Special thanks to the Mind Body Medical Institute, Brookline, Massachusetts. Our program is presented by Human Media in association with the Network Incorporated. Program development and support provided by Shart Media. You can hear more episodes of our series at humankindpodcast.org. That's humankindpodcast.org. This segment is Humankind Program number 66. The executive producer is David Freudberg. Please subscribe to our free weekly podcast. The title is Humankind on Public Radio. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, NPR One, and all major podcast services, as well as through our website. Again, the podcast title is Humankind on Public Radio. And if you'd like to support our program, please visit humankindpodcast.org. And at the top, click on How You Can Help. Thank you.